Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find the hidden gems. I'm H.T. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. Hi. Okay, you sound really interested there, Casey. <laughs> I'm quite interested, in fact. I am uh, highly interested in this in general. Yes, you sound very much so. You sound very enthused. <laughs> and you sound very smarmy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I look, look, between like the last episode where you're just falling asleep halfway through... <laughs> Just like, okay, to my credit, it wasn't halfway through. It was in the it was in the closing segment after we were done with the majority of the uh, of the yeah, prompts. Yeah, we were questions. still in the podcast. <laughs> you don't just <laughs> fall asleep in the middle of the podcast. Okay, whatever. Um, okay, so uh, we are going to start off with what we always start off with, which is the cartoon news. So. Uh, First off, actually, I really want to say something because it was one of those one of those breaking things that kind of uh, showed up. Uh, is that uh, 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 QM, who do who do like uh, like a bunch of like art prints for like pop culture things and stuff like that, and also do like these really nice little statuettes that I that I actually have a few of them. They're actually really cool. Um, they're doing a really, really, really cool looking Pinky in the Brain one that's only gonna be like fifteen bucks. Oh really? Oh yeah, like, awesome. I'm, I'm that's gonna, cool. I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna link this real fast. Cause it's like holy crap. I know that uh Funko Pop was uh Funko Pop was putting out some actually non terrible uh uh DuckTales related stuff. Yeah, the, the 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 Funko Pops of DuckTales was actually pretty good. But speaking of Funko, uh, Funko's apparently in thirty million dollars in debt. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like they they're like tanking right now because nobody's buying their pops. And like, yeah, you kind of oversaturated the market. Like, I'm not one of those people who absolutely despises Funko Pops. There are definitely a lot of them that are really ugly. In fact, anything that's a human tends to be not very good looking for oh, the God, most no. part. But like I, I have, I have some, I have some Funko Pops. I have the BoJack Horseman and Mr. Peanut Butter one on my shelf, and I, I think those are pretty cute. But here's the thing: there are so much out there. There's so many of those figures out there of so many different things, including some really obscure ones that people like just that never sell. Of course, this business is not going to do very well. And there, I mean, they did other ones that were not those Funko Pops. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a. Under as it's kind of like underselling what Funko does. If it, you just see them as the uh, the uh, people who do the pops, they actually do a lot of stuff, and some of them are actually really good. Like I even think the Dorbs line is actually pretty cute. But uh, yeah, no, that there's there's no wonder that they're kind of struggling. But uh, speak, but 
uh, QM here, the the like as I linked in there, that Phoenix Rain statue, uh, like statue right there, is super well detailed. looks looks just like a three D version of like the cartoons. Yeah, it's and, really nice. I like the uh, the detailing on like the coloring and stuff in it. Yeah, I like how like the blueprints is like how the blueprints are standing on, like how it's just got nice and wrinkled and detailed drawings, and like it's. It's very expressive, and it's only fifteen dollars. I own like I own a couple of Fuchs. I have one that's of the Adam West Batman, and uh, the other one is Rocket Raccoon, and both of them are really, really good, really, really good. So I I, I highly recommend it. I'm probably going to get this for myself. Sometime I soon. just seems bought like a good deal. <laughs> As you were talking you just... about it, I <laughs> Wait, did you it. really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, there you go. I was I was actually considering getting that for you for Christmas, but okay, fine. You're gonna ruin oh, that for me. I'm sorry. I did, if it's I would, okay. if I would okay. have had that thought that anyone would think of me in such a way, I am flattered. Oh. I just oh. I just thought like like everyone has like decorations at their desks and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, at my at my job because uh, because programmers are really into nerd, and I just think that this would be a talking piece <laughs> no yeah that's, so. a, that's a really cool one like uh i mean that's why i have all the like different pins on my lanyard for work that like of like i have everything from like honestly there are very few non for like i think there's only one pin on that thing that isn't animal related so <laughs> i don't know i think i think people might be catching on what's going on here that i'm actually <laughs> a ra- i'm a raccoon wearing a human suit <laughs> Um, mm. it's, it's like, it's like Judge Doom, except I'm not an evil psychopath. Um, so anyways, so, uh, in terms of other news that's going on right now, there's actually, uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Disney's kind of like all over the place in the news recently. Uh, some good, some very bad. Uh, I mean, though, uh, I actually, I, I kind of, kind of forgot to mention that there's actually something else before I get to the Disney thing that's very important. Yes. Uh, that is very important to talk about on this podcast because it's uh, it, it 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 affects us very deeply. Um, Casey, please don't try to brush with Neosporin again. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> like, I didn't try to brush with Neosporin. I was tired. I had just watched Paprika, and I went into the bathroom where I have several tiny toothpastes because I do travel a lot. <laughs> and I picked up a bottle. And to be fair, if the Neosporin had lost contact with the bottle and made it onto my toothbrush, I probably would have oh noticed God. before putting it in my mouth. But had I put it in my mouth, it would have been virus-free and <laughs> disinfected, so... <laughs> well, well, I mean, dogs already have the cleanest mouths, so... I guess um, that's true. <laughs> so, anyways. Okay, now now to Disney. Uh, let's start with the bad, because uh, I usually like doing the bad first. Uh, there's this whole kerfuffle that was going on with them where uh, it's basically blown over now, but apparently because of how... Uh, like there was a piece that the LA Times did uh, about Disney's like practices about how they're like tax dodging and how they like under like undervalue their workers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they kind of blacklisted the LA Times for like press events for like and like early reviewing for like their movies and stuff like that. Uh, 
And that caused such a huge stink that, like, a ton of major publishers of newspapers and journalism, like, websites and in general said that they were going to just straight up not go to yeah, Disney they, movies. They refused <laughs> to review them. Yeah. Yep, like I heard about not... that. Yeah. Uh, and Disney like literally like 15 minutes later was like, uh, never mind. Here you go. LA times. Please, please don't do this. Yeah. I heard and, about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of always worth it to point out that even though I, I am very, very loyal to the Disney brand and very loyal towards a lot of their properties. And I do trust them in terms of their entertainment output. Uh, I still think that they are not a great company and it's worth pointing out that they are kind of shitty at times. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are. (laughs) (laughs) I will I will preach uh, I will preach against Disney as like a mega corporation uh, at the same time as I buy their t-shirts, like oh yeah, <laughs> oh and rip like on the uh, rip on the theme park industry in Orlando. There's some mess up stuff there. They're, they're oh no no no! For, like, oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too far off topic with that, but it is okay. pretty crazy what they do. But uh, like, and the thing is that I don't feel bad about criticizing. I don't feel like it's gonna like stake any career or whatever because I'm pretty sure that they're like. Like, freaking, like, George Carlton made jokes about killing Mickey Mouse, and he got into Tarzan 2. So, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really, saying shitty things about the Disney company doesn't exactly bar you from, like, getting into Disney stuff. So, not to say that I'm never going to get to that point, because I'm kind of a weird pervert, but. Yeah, I love their their product, I just hate their brand. Yeah, no, exactly. You That's know, a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I, I love the products, like pretty much all their products I love, but their brand and a lot of their marketing mm-hmm. is no. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so um, the other Disney thing that was kind of uh, big was that uh, Disney announced the cast for the uh, live action uh, Lion King. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast earlier that my thing is that uh, – or actually, maybe I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast. I know I tweeted about it, though, that, like, the only way I would go see this is if they basically made it all either African-American or African cast, uh, except for, like, maybe, like, a couple characters like Zazu, which would make sense to be a white person. And that's exactly what they did, and so I'm probably going to see this. <laughs> yeah, and they got – they got some pretty interesting picks in that cast. Like, let's see. I mean, Bay to start off. Uh, sorry, what Beyonce. Was oh yeah, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, Beyonce is the big one that everyone's talking about. Uh, we got Childish Gambino as Simba. <laughs> 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 we got Eric Andre as a hyena. That is. Perfect. Is that as a hyena? Yes, I, 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 I think it's a hyena that laughs though. Well, I think I think that's what they're doing is they're like making the character different. Okay. Yeah, like, I know that they had uh, they had Eric Andre and Keegan Michael Key was another one of those characters that I didn't recognize the names of when I read the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like, and that's also super exciting. And, and James Earl weirdest... Jones is back too. Yeah, James. Well, Earl no, Jones. That, that's what I was gonna say. That was the weirdest thing was that instead of like getting a new person to be Mufasa, they just got James Earl Jones again. Which on one hand. That's a really weird move to do, but on the other hand, I don't know if I could think of anyone else to play Mufasa. Could you and imagine? Say- could you imagine if they just like 
took the old audio tracks. <laughs> it's like it's like what they do with Kingdom Hearts 2 where like they got the audio from Lo- the Lion King for the young Simba so they can yeah. say that like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in that. Wait, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they they did. Um um also John Oliver is Sazu and that's like perfect. Yep, that is that is a pitch perfect Zazu. No, that it is like he kind of, like he kind of would be Zazu. Like he looks like a Zazu, honestly, yeah. in like his, his real version of himself. There's a joke he made where he looks like a like where where he said that he looks like a uh, a a parrot who works as a bank teller, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's actually very true. <laughs> so I think that that's why he got cast for Zazu. Yeah, great cast. Uh, Hopefully, great movie. Hopefully. I mean, they have to fix some issues with the thing, but the fact that they actually went out of their way to some of the Beauty and the Beast stuff, which there's some things I wasn't happy with what they tried to fix with the live action Beauty and the Beast, but... Did you uh, watch it? Yeah, I did. It's actually, like, I... I I don't want to go too far off topic again. It's not necessarily off topic, but too off the branch here, but... Uh, yeah, that's fine. Basic, basically, uh, what they do in the live action Beauty Beast, there's things that people really hate about it that I don't mind, and there's things that people hate about that I do understand why. But I honestly don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's kind of like eh. in between. It's in between the zone of I get why it exists and I don't get why it exists. Like it's kind of in this valley where it's like I could see why someone would want to see this and like it, but. Uh, you know, I can the, definitely see why it's marketable and affordable. <laughs> well, <laughs> like yeah, that. but I'm not talking from a cynical yeah. marketing thing. I'm talking yeah, no, from no, like no, no. I, actual because there are things they try to actually make it justified. Like they try to change some things about the original story that weren't necessarily that good, honestly. Um, but some of the changes they do are not necessarily great. I don't really like some of the things they do with the beast, but then again, I do like some things they did with them, anyways. But I really do like, and there's, I, I will say though that. Uh, People who have problems with LeFou, like what they did with LeFou, uh, fuck you, because LeFou is the only amazing thing about that movie. And I, I heard that it was, uh, I heard that it was actually pretty tame and disappointing, <laughs> like how, like the, the gay moment that everyone panicked about, well, I heard was basically well, nothing at all. Well, like, sure, like the actual moment where he's like actually holding another dude, uh, like, sure, it's just like him, like holding and then it's like for like a few seconds they look look each other in the eyes but like honestly though if if people think that's the only gay moment that lefou has that they didn't oh, yeah. watch the movie because the original because <laughs> like well no i mean in this movie just in this oh, yeah. movie specific like sure he he is on gaston's d- constantly oh, man. <laughs> and to the point where it's like like, like literally, and literally the scene where like LeFou finally gets like basically realizes that Gaston's a horrible monster will never actually love him. He straight up says that he's going to look for other men and uh, Mrs. Potts cheers him on for that. And it's like, like, I mean, for God's sakes, dude, dude how could you say that that's the only gay moment? Okay. There's a plenty of gay moments in that. With yeah. So and that's, he's great. that's good. I, so here, Disney movies, especially the Disney princess movies, treat heterosexuality as if it's like a magical force because it's literally magic. Yes, I, I have will seen not the, stop the, the until we that, have uh, the gay Lindsay magical Ellison. force in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think that'd be great. Uh, I think... I think we're getting to that point pretty yeah. soon because we'll we're see. like, well, I mean, like <laughs> baby steps. Been, uh, there actually are like openly gay stuff in Disney things nowadays, and yep. like, 
So like it's probably not that far off, really. Yeah, but I, I need I need them to kiss and for there to be an explosion of lights and colors like there is at the end of Beauty well, and the Beast. Why, why can't <laughs> yeah, they that's... just kiss and there be an explosion? I think we were good right there. That would be fine. Kiss and explosion. <laughs> <laughs> well, like um, there's a there's the whole uh, um, there's 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 a whole thing about in the Descendants two where Gaston's uh. Gaston's uh like ancestor and like I think it's like Captain Hook's ancestor uh they like start like they they like in the like in the original script and also in the book adaptation they make out but then it got cut from the movie even though they did yeah. film it they even though they did film it and actually mm-hmm. there Wait, was like footage of it well I don't know if they say they filmed it but they did recreate the scene on the set and actually took photos of it and stuff huh. so well, so like me this I'd be interested uh, in saying that. Link me this. I think there yeah. was a Rantasmo video about it. I can send that to you later. I yeah, appreciate like, that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so I didn't want to go off on a tangent, but we kind of did go off a tangent. So uh, we're going to move away from Disney uh, and go to uh, an original production. Uh, and it is called The Star. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cartoons is saved. One. It's The Star. Okay. okay here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I could have sworn this movie was released a year ago because, like, I swear I saw this trailer saying it's coming out pretty soon, like, last year. Maybe I'm just insane, May- but uh, it-, it feels like it. You, and, you like, think you thought that this movie came out last year because there are a dozen movie like movies like this. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't seem – it's becoming less and less often that you see movies like this in theaters. Uh, it's – it's, it's a for the people who don't know what the star is is it's a it's a movie that takes place during the birth of Jesus Christ um and, and it's, it's about, about the talking animals surrounding him <laughs> yes played by uh played by the, the mighty bastion of of uh of very christian strong-willed uh reputable people such as Tracy Morgan <laughs> um <laughs> And I, it just looks really for, bad. It's from the, in the trailer. It says from the studio that brought you miracles from heaven and cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yep. So <laughs> that kind of says everything. Oh, about is that it right what they're there. doing now? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, oh t- yeah, Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey's a camel. I don't know. It's look. Here's the. I don't want to bash a movie because it's Christian. Because no, of course sh- not. Like it's not like who cares? I, like, I will I, and, I will and, bash a movie for having Tracy Morgan in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, but like even the trailer I saw wasn't necessarily like an abhorrent trailer. It didn't make me cringe or anything like that. I will say though that uh, I was at Best Buy today and I saw that there was a like an actual physical CD of the soundtrack for this movie. Oh, on wow, store already, huh? Did you read the? Yeah. Did you read the cover? Did you check to see no. what was on it? All right. No, I, I honestly didn't care. I just kind of walked by it. Did they but do? Me, did that, they do the uh, thing like from the Phantom Mass soundtrack where they straight up have, have a track that says one of the animals die or something? I don't know. That'd be pretty great, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not the animal dying, but like the, the 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 spoiler in the crack title. But no, like seriously, like. For me, my problem with it is that this is so crashly commercial that it's like at the very least, like, like there's plenty of Christian films out there that are like 
Like, it, I'm not saying that you don't, you have to have a, have a small budget if you're doing a Christian movie or something like that, but it's like, you get all these big name stars and it looks like it's just a, diff, like, just a generic kind of thing. And it's not even like, it's one, it like, it'd be one thing if it was like, Prince of, like, the Prince of Egypt type of thing, where that it's That is like, a fantastic movie. That's a good yeah, movie. Because it's a good movie that knows what it is, mm-hmm. and also is serious, but still has moments of humor in it, and it actually, like, does, it It has artistry to it. And it's, but this is just, like, a dumb goofball comedy that, like, basically could have taken, like, be about literally anything. It just has, so happens to be about Jesus. And to me, that feels really crass. Yeah, it Welcome looks kind of Christian like animation. A, it looks like kind mm. of a, what, what was that, what was that? Uh, Will Arnett nut movie, the nut job. Yes, the nut job. It, it seems kind of like that quality of humor. <laughs> yeah. Um. Except the squirrel isn't doing Gangnam Style in 1950s uh, America. So. Yeah. That which is a thing well, that actually happens. <laughs> I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> no, there's a CGI a, sign in the credits and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like wow. seriously, like because it's a Korean production. So, and Psy was, like, super popular, so they got Psy to, like, give the license. And it's, like, like it's so obviously just shoved in because of that. Because it's it literally is a film that takes place in the 1950s. Like, it's about gangsters and stuff like that. And then and it just, there's a style. moment where the squirrel starts dancing Gangnam Style. Oh, 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 Gangnam Style. Yeah, like I were I worked at a movie theater when uh two of the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies came out and one of oh, them, Jesus. I don't remember which, had uh had party rock anthem except in chipmunk version in the credits and my job as an usher was to stand outside of the theater yeah, every time it played and wait for everyone to leave and doing that every day made me feel like Sisyphus. <laughs> I'm guessing it got stuck in your head for a while. Well, I mean, watching it roll back that's, down again. That, that's infinitely <laughs> that's infinitely better than that one song that was on YouTube that was uh, like basically a parody of Jingle Bells, but it was uh, Pizza Toots, and it was just an official oh, yeah. Alan yep. Shilvex Mudio about Alan Shilvex farting after eating pizza, and that was hell. That was hell. <laughs> That I was remember hell. that. I remember that video. Oh, oh pizza man. Do we have any other news to talk about? Uh, let me just check real fast. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was all I wanted to talk about, honestly. Uh, well, we got we got a lot of mileage out of those three items. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, we're, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and get to the podcast. So, uh, this is what we... Okay, so if you haven't listened to us before, uh, what Toontown Publix works is that it's a show, uh, show where... Me, KC, and Cirque watch movies that are e- uh, not movies, but uh, animated shorts that have either fallen to the public domain or are super easy to access nowadays. Um, and uh, we have like this DVD collection uh, from uh, what is it? No Creek Studios or something like that. Um, basically, it's a, a giant six hundred cartoon collection, and we are just we have a list which we call the list. <laughs> It's and getting more and more sultry. <laughs> <laughs> and we just basically go through it and just see what's good, what's bad, and what, you know, is just interesting about it. Sometimes there's a lot of really good stuff, and sometimes I want to die. Um, so, anyway, Sometimes uh, there's incoherent nonsense, and we all try to figure out what the heck is going on. 
Yeah, and honestly, I, you know, I kind of revel in that. I rather have an incoherent cartoon than one that's boring. And we we kind of last episode we kind of had two boring cartoons in a row, and I kind of hope that we like don't have that bad luck. I I would never like to watch a regular fellow's uh, cartoon ever again. Well, the good news is that there wasn't anyone ever again, because as I mentioned before, the only other cartoon of the regular fellers uh, was uh, a unreleased one that was a toothpaste ad. Thank Christ. (laughs) Maybe maybe we should do a worst idea of all time style podcast where we watch that show every week. (laughs) Just that one short. No, well, I mean, like, the thing is, is that, like, there's no way we could sustain that because that short's only six minutes long. And what's the yeah. most we could say <laughs> about that? HG, HG, don't listen to that thought right there, that hound over there. Don't listen to him. I wasn't <laughs> planning to. I was hey, already, I was against the idea the minute I, he was, like, thinking about I it. I still, I still say it is not worse than listening to Party Rock Anthem and Chipmunks voices uh, for every day for I, a couple of weeks. I, 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 I actually like Party Rock Anthem. Okay, but well, do, not, do you like do you like the Chipmunks version? version? Well, I mean, I like the Chipmunks as a kid. I don't really care about I feel like I feel like you're conflating the ideas of liking the Chipmunks as a kid and liking Party Rock Anthem into thinking that they would I mean, mix well together. Like, oh, you know what would taste great together? It's toothpaste and ketchup. No, it's, it's, like, it's not peanut butter and chocolate. It's sh- I don't know diarrhea. No, that's the same that's thing. The same I like. Thing, let's just 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 let's just go to the list. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, drum roll. All right. Uh, we're getting a cartoon that's called Jingles. Jingles. Hopefully, it's not a Christmas cartoon. <laughs> no, 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 it's just going to be a bunch of different uh, commercials and stuff. It's almost the season for a Christmas cartoon, so. I I know, but I don't want to watch a Christmas cartoon. All right, no, I agree. I hope it's not one. What? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I want to actually preface this with some introductions here. Please uh, do. Because um, I, I, I decided to look into this. Because this, this short is really weird. Because at first we, were, we heard like jingle yeah there was there was christmas music and we were talking to uh we were talking ht was complaining about how he didn't want to watch a christmas cartoon as he was and he didn't and it turned out to not be a christmas cartoon we were bamboozled (laughs) it has absolutely nothing to do with that and i actually have a theory um so i did a slight bit of research here and uh this is uh, this short, Jingles, uh, is actually a short called uh, Spring Song, uh, which was released in 1931 uh, by an animator named Sai Young. Uh, so, basically, like, th- like the cartoon uh, that was originally released was a color cartoon, uh, and the one we watched was black and white. Black and, and white and heavily degraded. 
being heavily degraded. Like it was a VHS rip, like the thing we got. We saw glitches in the middle of the uh in the recording and stuff. Like it it went white for a second. Like it looked like it was hard baked into it. So like but like here's the thing. Um so like I looked into it and I'm pretty sure that this short was like uh kind of like a kind of like a like a kind of like a personal project of this dude. Uh, and it actually led to him getting to the point where he actually got to join Disney. And I mean, it, I, I mentioned that this was like basically reminding me of Fantasia, kind of like a lesser version of Fantasia. And uh, he actually went on to work on Fantasia. No oh, wow. Question. What, so, wait, question. where was this guy from? Oh, sorry. You go first, sir. Here's the big question Did he work on the Rite of Spring section in that? I don't know. Um, and my question like, is where he was from. Uh, like, this is what I'm seeing right here. Like, in uh, uh, Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, Ollie Johnson wrote in their book, Disney Animation, uh, The Illusion of Life, they said, through, through the entire 30s, the entire effects department was considered of only two men, uh, Hugo Diorsi, a straightforward, stubborn, and dedicated Italian, and Cy Young, a quiet and sensitive, uh, who loved to play the bass and fiddle as a hobby. Uh, they also added... Uh, since uh, they did most of their careful work themselves, they needed only a single assistant between them. Uh, their department's first major project was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and Young also, pro- uh, Young also provided the de- uh, delicate visual design of the woods and meadows of Bambi. He also worked on Fantasia and Dumbo. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, what I was going to say is that uh, if this happened in the 1930s, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if some of the imagery of it was actually heavily influenced by the surrealist movement uh, in the 1920s and early 30s in uh, in France. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a very high possibility, not only of that, but also of like the, the Flesher Brothers uh, cartoons, which this one is kind of reminiscent of. It has sort of a similar um, style of like... Right. You know, like like things turning into other things, and oh god, yes, like strange movements. You know, uh, this cartoon uh, has no conflict. <laughs> no, oh god, it no. is uh, it is squeaky clean. Aside from a moment that we thought was probably racist, um, <laughs> but yeah. it is uh, it is from beginning to end just a perfectly. Uh, Gosh, what's a nice way of saying it? <laughs> bucolic. Uh, bucolic is the word sure. that you're looking for. Yeah, like it's, you know, like nothing nothing really happens that, that drives you to feel concern for anyone or anything like that. It's just pleasant. It's kind I of like I felt concerned for that worm at the end. Yeah, I guess that's true, but I don't think that was the intention of the animators. I think well, that like, was supposed to represent just like their prosperity, and it, it sure. just kind of felt like it felt like the cartoon version of I don't know, like a Robert Frost poem, maybe like just so, like that's, very very much about comparison. nature. <laughs> well, like, about the beauty, it's very romantic in that sense. Yeah. Well, like okay, here's my thing. Um, I want to make another real quick point, uh, though. I want to interject real fast i was something i was looking up some more information about this cartoon mm-hmm. uh and on a, a list on the uh uh big cartoon database uh this one also is really weird because like it calls it um um spring song but it also shows the title card as jingles 
Mendelssohn's, uh, right? Mendelssohn's. Yeah. Mendelssohn's. Yeah. Mendelssohn's Spring Song. I, 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 everyone knows I cannot pronounce things correctly. No, it's so. fine. That's a weird one. You're good. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's the, they also have a list of cartoon characters in it. And the list of cartoon characters are birds, butterfly, <laughs> caterpillar, and frog. It's <laughs> funny because. Actually, it's funny because when you said butterfly, it sounded like you were saying in like the uh, the Bambi way there. Butterfly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. But my other point I want to make it here is this: is that I think why what happened here is that whoever bought the rights to this cartoon after it was originally distributed, uh, like they must have gotten it confused with another short or something, and like they. Or they like lost, or they like lost the original title card for it, and so what they did is they spliced the beginning of a Christmas cartoon of all things uh, to the beginning of this short. Well, you said you said and, that this was a foreign cartoon, right? And it had a, it had a name that like like might have been localized, <laughs> right? Maybe, like that's that's because that was that's what that was my thought. Like when you said that it was from another country, like they if they were well, going to localize know. it, they would have to call I, it something actually, else here. I, I don't, I don't know if it's from another country. I think this guy's from the United States. But what was, was it, oh, he, I thought you said it was into, called something else. Well, yeah, it was called Mendelssohn Spring Song. And oh, that was it? Re- that was the name of the cartoon? Yeah, oh. Mendelssohn Spring Song. All right. And, uh, and like, that's, that. it's like, it'd be, it's just weird to me that why would, like, of all things, whoever decided to, like, reissue this cartoon put call it jingles and put jingle bells in the beginning when there's maybe like a few seconds of snow at the very, very beginning. And that's it. Maybe, maybe it was like paired with another cartoon or something. And it was like a Christmas thing. Maybe it was a marketing thing. Like my my thought, my thought is like kids aren't going to know how to pronounce Mendelssohn's spring song. They're not going to be able to remember that when they read it. (laughs) I mean, I I guess for me, it's just like, it's no wonder that this has gotten lost to time because it's such a weird thing that they did. Oh yeah. Like I said, there's no conflict and it does, it does this terrible thing where it repeats frames of, uh, of a butterfly. I think like jumping from pole to pole while playing the violin. Here's the thing about that scene that I think that you guys missed. I thought the imagery was like supposed to represent like music bars and stuff. Oh, that might be true, but yeah, maybe. I, I but think that was a really, yeah, maybe. It, but maybe that, it took that a wasn't bit too long. That wasn't yeah. the city. That yeah, the the problem is that it felt like it felt like maybe the cartoonist was like, oh, I have to do the whole song. <laughs> and, <laughs> Maybe just yeah. kind of repeated some frames for a bit. From what it looks, from what it looks like, it had a very small staff. It was like uh, Cy Young being the director, and then like this woman named Lilith doing the animation. So like, it was not a big project. It was a very independent thing. Yeah, not that it um, wasn't impressive looking though. Like it, it no, like like the animation I, was great. Oh, definitely. I I, I kind of want. I don't want to be kind of mean about this because like. I, one, I do think there is some artistry in it, and I think there's a lot yeah. of really good visuals and moments and stuff to it. And also, I really freaking love the birds. The birds rule, and I want the, I <laughs> love the birds. Good birds. I love the birds. The birds are great. They have um, tiny hats. They have tiny hats and bags, and they're just flying and building their own little birdhouse, and I love it. That's good. Um, but um, 
but I also like I write on to the article for Cy Young, and uh, there's this, the final paragraph is kind of harrowing. Oh no. <laughs> um, Young left the studio after 1941's Disney's animator strike and worked as a staff artist and clerk for the airport where he worked in various projects. He committed suicide in 1964. Aww. Oh, no. That yeah. Sucks. That's... Oh, God, it's... I mean, he was in his 60s when he died, but still, that's not good. Yeah, that's not great. That's really sad. Yeah, that's... So I, I, I just want to say, so I don't end this on a low note, I don't think this cartoon's bad. In fact, I think there's no, a lot No, I think of it's really good. good it's a good cartoon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's repetitive, and there's things I feel like it go, drags on a bit on, but uh, unlike, say, like, Yaya's uh, memoirs or whatever, uh, like, when I was watching it, I was still interested with the visuals. Mm-hmm. It feels very fluid. It had a lot of really interesting ideas, and I was interested in seeing where it was going to go next. I just wish it took a little bit less of a sweet time getting to the next part. I would say Nothing that we were really confused about what was happening as it went on, but it was it was sort of an enjoyable yeah, sort as, of confusion. We enjoyed it. As a as a fan of surrealism, as you guys know I am, I really enjoyed a lot of the imagery in it. So and, and I'm I'm not just saying that because I I don't want it to I I'm trying to honor I'm not trying to honor the memory of this cartoonist I just learned existed. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, I really do think that it's, it's a good oh, yeah. cartoon. No, it's, it's a good cartoon. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's good. I think it's worth saving. So, all right. Uh, so let's get back to the list. If you keep trying to do that, I'm wondering what it's going to sound like, like 50 episodes <laughs> from now. <laughs> it's just going to be a low, like, it's like, it'll sound like the grudge. You'll be like. If you ever seen Paranormal Activity, they have like it like a sort of like warble growl like effect that goes on like the video recording. You're just gonna like, hear it spliced in like a second before you say it. Soon, the only person who could actually hear it is Casey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, Alex, drum roll, if you please. Huh. Okay. Yeah. We're going to watch a cartoon called Moonbird. Moonbird. Wow. We haven't had a licensed one yet. Let's see if we can continue with that yeah, theme wow. for yeah, three. It's, huh. it's weird because it's it's not because it's the way that this list is categorizing. It's it's the Moonbird cartoon, like as if it's its own little category, but it's the only cartoon on that category. So I have no idea what that's about. All right. The Moonbird. So. I love Over the Garden Wall. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Asshole. No, this I was, was, uh, <laughs> was going to talk about the history of this short and stuff like that. There's actually a lot of really interesting things to talk well, about. Well, now you can't because I said that thing. <laughs> Damn it. It's no, kind of like the hat. Is, the hat made this you is, think that. Yeah, this is probably the first of the. This is probably the first expressionist cartoon that we've watched, and it's maybe my favorite thing we've seen on the show so far. It was super cool. I know, but that's because that's that sign. is a variable that can change. I don't say that every episode. 
I've said that. If I've said that maybe four or five times. Is she? Is she? If Casey's what, finding yeah. something that his new best like favorite thing from the show on every episode, that's a really good thing. Like I would say, it's between this and uh, it's between this and uh, face, like a face like a frog. Like those are yeah. those are the two, and I, I think that. Um, I think that I kind of hold these to be in the same category of cartoons that stand out because they're unique compared to the rest. You know, like this one just had like really interesting use of negative space and oh, color God, yes. and just like a lot of, and I've got, I've got theories about how it was made, but HT uh, well, researched that. So I'll let yes, you talk I about w- that. <laughs> I'll let you know if your theories are correct. Cause here's what this is. Uh, so uh, Moonbird is a animated short that was made in 1955. It won the Academy Award for. Best I was about cartoon. to ask if it won that because it had like mm-hmm. a it had like a title screen at the beginning where it said Academy Awards 1959. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it it was actually yeah, yeah. It was for the 1959 uh, thing. It, the awards were in 1960, but it was technically for 1959. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it was for the it won Best Short Subject Cartoon, and uh, it was directed by John Hubley and Faith Hubley, who are a husband and wife. Were they um, Were they just recording yeah. their kids? I was just gonna get to that because uh, you see, uh, well, John Hubley, real fast, he's a uh, he's he's another one of those directors. He actually has a very similar history to uh, uh, the guy from before. Sai. Uh, yeah, Sai. Uh, he. Uh, he 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 also worked at Disney for a while, um, and he uh, he worked on like Snow White's uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, as well as well as the Rite of Spring segment of Fantasia. Huh. So there you go. Oh wow! Uh, but it all he also left the company during the strike uh, in 1940, uh, um and he joined another production crew with uh, former Disney animators and uh, like Oop. Oob Iwerks, who is the guy uh, we mentioned before, the last guy. He also is the guy that created Mr. Magoo. And also, uh, there's also a moment where in 1952, he uh, was forced to leave uh, that his United, the United Productions of America, which was uh, that the thing he joined after Disney, uh, because he refused to name names for, before the House of Committee of Un-American Activities. So, good for you, man. Seriously. Hell yeah. That takes some bones. Um, yes. So, uh, Anyway, so John Hubley, uh, like, and his wife uh, Faith, uh, what they did to make this short is that uh, they basically had their sons, and they just sort of secretly taped them right before, like them, like them doing playing a pretend game before they went to bed. Oh and my like, god, that makes so much sense because yeah, this has see, like, like such was... a really big like improv feel to it. And, yeah, like, and that was, and that was. Sorry, you go. And if you think about like kids, like little kids, then you know it would be completely impossible to get them to do like improv on command. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and like the the that was my theory and my reason for it is because you know what other cartoon did that that more contemporary cartoon did that is uh, uh the Dexter's Lab episode. No, I was oh. going to say uh, there's uh, have you ever seen the World of Tomorrow? Yes, I have. Yes, and I, yeah. I think that that's another cartoon that I would call an expressionist cartoon that had a lot of uh, a lot of very similar sort of uh, themes going on, where they they recorded audio of I think it was I think it was the animator's niece. Yeah, I think it's uh, nice. he recorded he recorded her playing like with toys, and uh, and he just 
added context and was, dialogue, uh, which is a little different. I was just thinking different. of the, uh, the flash animations on something awful, Flotax's kid. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, but that's obviously a little more irreverent <laughs> than these <laughs> <Yeah>. two. <laughs> the World yeah. of Tomorrow, by the way, that's a 15-minute short, I think. It's on Netflix, and it is so good if you haven't oh, seen it. Oh, my God. I can, I 100% I cried. <laughs> it's super good. It's yeah. really, really good. Um, uh, but it's also it's by the guy who did the that one uh, sh- short uh, uh, rejected, which is that one where it's like a bunch of really weird like it, all those things that became memes. Basically, my spoon that, is too big. My yeah. spoon is too big. Yeah, that same animator. My he also did what a beautiful day is bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> it's that guy. What a lot of all is gone. My anus is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, um, <laughs> Uh, okay, but so we but from... the world of, world of tomorrow is not as irreverent as those oh, shorts. No, 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 the no, no, world no, no, of tomorrow no, no. is it's it, funny. It's a comedy, but it's also very. It's a um, satirical comedy, uh, yeah. very much so, and uh, it's very humanist. And it also won an Academy Award, I think, for best animated short. So yes, so that's the connection. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, basically, all this short is is that you see, I actually have vivid memories of like doing like improv stuff. Like for like when I was doing like stuff with my sister or with like mm-hmm. I, I I used to actually record like videos uh, of me like like I, I would just have like a video camera like the home video camera and I just like make up these little things with my toys and just like well my favorite thing to do was making uh, buildings out of uh, blocks and then running my Hot Wheel cars so I can watch them in slow motion but other than that like there was also like uh, like just these weird kind of improv things and like just sort of coming up like it reminds me a lot of like when I was at recess with my friend and we just come up with things off the top of our heads and it, like basically basically what it is is this it's about these two boys who are like going outside to try to catch this thing called the moon bird and because no they real... they've already lost a bird that they've caught previously yeah and uh, basically uh there's a little one who's like constantly singing all the time and the bigger one doesn't want him to be singing and the little one is talking and like that little kid nonsense that you know like really really young kids do yeah exactly where it's basically like there's no comprehensible thing really there and all all you can basically do is basically um, hopefully understand what they're saying maybe slightly um and i think that's one of the things that i say it's kind of a criticism i have is that sometimes it's hard to understand what the kids are saying i feel like uh, i feel like in a way that's also expressionism though because no, yeah. like you're you're what you're hearing is this like sort of the the tone of their voice and you're still interpreting what they're saying even though you don't yeah. hear it which is very similar to how expressionism treats image yeah, yeah, yeah you say that, that as and, a weakness i see it as a strength buddy because like it's it's so sporadic it's so natural I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I, I, I do think it's a somewhat of a weakness, only because that's kind of like a thing that's always been kind of a stressful thing for me. Because I sometimes have a hard time, like listening to people. And, yeah, you, know, like, you do. And you do like, spend a lot of time watching this cartoon, trying to parse what they're saying. <laughs> and but like, um, but at the same time, like I'm not really docking much against it because of yeah. that. Because like, um, it's it's actually really. Uh, it's it's really interesting because, it, like I said, it's a very natural thing. Like I, 
I know kids who played like this and I played like this somewhat to a degree with people, you know, like, uh, there's basically, it's just them like setting up traps. And then there's a while where they're just sort of in a hole waiting for the moon bird to show up. And, uh, and then like, basically like there is a bird that eventually shows like this ostrich type of thing. It kind of reminds me of like some of the, uh, Alice in Wonderland birds, like near the end of that movie. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like Woodstock if Woodstock oh, was God, an ostrich. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. yeah, like uh it's it's a bird that definitely defies physics in terms of like how it's placement and like literally like it literally like teleports yeah. at times and stuff. But like And it's um, it's a flightless bird, which I think was a I think that was a choice of the animators and not of the children. Yeah. Uh but it's, it's I thought it was interesting. But I mean it's there's a lot of really good moments and I don't want to say too much of what happens mainly yeah. one because it's hard to really recount this. Yeah, this this stuff. movie is very style over substance. Oh, but yeah. like I will say that one of my favorite things is uh there's a part like basically like where like they finally get to the moon bird, they finally the moon bird start and they start chasing it around and they grab it by the leg and then uh, they like scare off the bird, and then their reaction to it is to when they see that the bird is scared and cowered away, is to be super nice to it and being like, "Oh, if you want to come home with us, you know, it'd be super nice." And that was so, my cell phone dropping. Sorry, <laughs> God, <laughs> we, you didn't have to comment. It. I was going to edit it out, but no, now we can't edit it out now, huh? But yeah, well, uh, we just added. We just added. An element of humanism to this podcast. <laughs> we make mistakes. <laughs> it's the wind it's in a, the trees. It's the, screen, okay. yes. <laughs> it's the wind in the trees. So, yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, no, like, basically, but basically, their instinct was to be very nice to this bird, and it's like that is so true to how I played things mm-hmm. as a kid. Is that if at first if I was like mean or whatever, then I tried to be super duper nice to it, and I mentioned it like oh, okay. And then, like, you know, they would get all along with me. And it's just, like, I I love that moment. That moment was, like, so true to my childhood in a way it's, that is – it's it's so – yeah. I, it's, it's just similar to my childhood, too, and it's carried on into my adulthood where I'll do yeah. things where it's, like – like, all it would take for somebody to make me feel empathy for something is they'd have to put googly eyes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't so, blame you. I, I, no, I, I'm, a, I'm an extremely yeah. empathetic person, like almost yeah. to a fault. <laughs> so, yep. like, it's, it's not always convenient. <laughs> no, it's not. It makes it hard sometimes. Like, yeah. But, uh, that, anyways, uh, God, I sound like such a conceited douchebag when I say it mm. like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, it's so hard to be such a nice person. Well, it's not uh, that you're nice, it's that you it's that it's easy for you to feel like you're connecting with something as irrational as it may be. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. but there yeah, that's, that, that's mm-hmm. there you go. But um yeah, so uh yeah, the, the, this the short is really good. Uh yeah. I highly recommend it. Um and yeah, it's a really really cool uh history and subject matter and uh it's very gorgeous too yeah please please watch this it's really good it's only like 10 minutes long you will enjoy it yeah it's one of the longer shorts we've watched on this show but i think it's good 
we were just sitting there. We weren't really talking or anything. We were like enraptured with it. It was yeah. Like usually, fun. usually we're douchebags when we watch these cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> like this one, <laughs> this one, we're we, like, we were we, stone we talk, silent. <laughs> yeah, we just talk over, kind of riff over it, kind of lie. Yeah. And just but no, we were just like totally into it. Like when Cirque chimed in and said, "So we're all in agreement. We enjoy this." I was like, "Yeah," because I was like, "Shh," I was trying to Shh. <laughs> but I just didn't want to. <laughs> Um, but anyways, okay. It was great though. Yeah, it was a good short. I liked it. Uh, we yeah, actually did two, two good shorts in a row. Um, Watch, we're gonna get like sub Hanna Bear in the next cartoon. We're going <laughs> yeah, to get three get, Stooges. We're gonna get a wacky and packy cartoon. Wacky and packy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. God. Okay. Uh, so back to the list. Okay, Alex. Back to uh, the list. <laughs> Back to the list. <laughs> and I just farted. <laughs> there's there's some more winds in the trees there for you. Yep, there you oh, go. Jesus. <laughs> just another element of humanism. Okay. We've so, uh, Alex, drum roll, please. <laughs> Make it a fart drum roll. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we're following that highbrow cartoon with this. <laughs> they knew what they signed up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So we are going to watch. Oh, God. We were so close from watching a Three Stooges cartoon. Holy sh**. Um, but we're not going to watch Three Stooges cartoon. Uh, we're going to watch The Big Bad Wolf. So we're going to watch another thing of Big Bad Wolf stuff. Oh, wow. All right. So good. 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 I will not complain because I always love a good wolf. You like wolves. Yes, I love wolves. Well, I mean, I, I would say two out of three ain't bad, but it wasn't a terrible cartoon. It just was. It was, it was average. I mean, I mean, we've accidentally ended up doing one of those theme episodes I've talked about in the past in that we've had all cartoons made by Disney animators. Yeah, that's true. Like people who are no longer working with Disney because this was a UB Iworks uh, production. Uh and, uh, yeah, it's actually, a. I mean, it's, it's basically just, it, it's just an excuse to have a wolf be a jerk and like, eat thing, like try to eat a lamb. And so like, you, when you say like the big bad wolf, you, you usually think that it's going to be like at least somewhat adjacent to like an actual myth involving the big bad wolf. Like, uh, Red Riding Hood or Three Little Pigs. Or the, the, the Seven Goat Kids or whatever, you know? like there's The Seven Goat Kids? Do you mean... The, the one that's... Billy Goat Gruff or whatever? Oh, wait, that, no, no, that's a troll. No, 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 no. The one where... The one where uh, it's, like, where there's, like, goat kids... Like, their goat mom is, like, left... Uh, uh, like leaves them and then uh, like just for like a bit and they tell tell the kids not to let anyone in and then the wolf tries to come into the husband by pretending to be the mother and uh, and a lot of versions of the story the wolf eventually does trick the kids uh, trick the kids and uh, he eats eats like six out of seven of them and then what happens is that uh, the little one comes back with the mother with and uh, they cut open the wolf, put rocks inside and uh, take out the kids. And then like, they throw them in like a well. I never heard this wow. one. I thought, I thought you were going to end that with, and then you left the seventh to tell the story. 
Oh, well. <laughs> well, <laughs> this cartoon does not feel allegorical. It feels like a, it feels like a slapstick cartoon, and it's it, uh, it's an old rubber hose cartoon. And I would say it's more good than bad. Uh, um, it feels like what what what, uh, what fairy tales are in the public domain? Okay, we can do something with those. Yeah. So, like, I just I feel like part of us is just spoiled because we've watched so many cartoons similar to this you know like like we've seen so, we've seen so many uh I mean, rubber hose style cartoons with rotoscoped dancing and and slapstick humor that is no longer really funny to us in this 2017 uh, year of our lord and and it's just it does seem well, hackneyed and i don't think it's great i agree with you but it's uh it's more good than bad i think okay I mean, like like here's the thing um I understand what you're saying, and to a degree, I agree, but, I mean, there are plenty of cartoons that have, like, the base level kind of, like, tropes of, like, an, uh, of one of these type of cartoons, and it's still enjoyable. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, and this, like, this one is, this one is super unremarkable, like, it, like, it doesn't like, do anything interesting. Like, it's, but. it's, it's like, there two things come to mind. One is that Mighty Mouse cartoon with all the wolves from before, like the the gay coven of wolves that I love. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Like that. that's a, that's a good version of this kind of thing. Yeah. Like that it's one almost exactly the same type of plot. It's like almost exactly, and there's like very little filler in actual thing. Even that one really weird Felix the Cat knockoff, Mickey Mouse knockoff thing. You know, <laughs> even that was like interest interesting and like it was batch sort of thing. But yeah. Like, but like, Coincidentally, Gay Wolf Coven is my next Tumblr name. Hell oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like, so, so, like, but then, like, my other thing I want to thinking about is, like, there's this, uh, there's that one really famous uh, Tex Avery cartoon, uh, Red Hot Riding Hood, where it starts off as if it's, like, a generic, like, Red Riding Hood cartoon, and then they, eventually the cast just sort of, like, the wolf just, ah, stop it! And then, like, and, like, the little red's like, everyone in Hollywood's doing this this story this way. And it's like, this short would be a thousand times better if that happened like two minutes into this short. And they just actually did something completely different and diverse because it's so plain. It is so yeah. plain. It yep, is like, it is very predictable, very boring. We've seen worse, but we've also seen better. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that it's like, it's unremarkable. Like there's, there's yeah. only maybe a couple things I enjoy, which are one. I actually really like that scarecrow, um, because yeah. I do, I, I do think his animation is fantastic. I because he like was Roscoe Central. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, he he was really well animated. But then there's also like, well, I really and, and like, I don't. Sorry, I don't no, mean but, to cut you off. Yeah, just, just like, like, but I also like that. Like, uh, he's also kind of like, like he wants to be tough, but he's not very tough because he's a scarecrow. And, uh, like, the wolf kind of takes advantage of that and kind of makes fun of him for that kind of stuff. But then there's a moment where he loses his head, and then uh, he ends up getting uh, a taxidermy goat head over his head. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, replaces with a taxidermy goat head, and then he's able to use that to kick the wolf's ass. And that, I think that's yeah. good. I think that's a good, solid thing. Um, and it's, it's kind of clever. Just, yeah, but, like, it just feels like it's... It, 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 I won't say it's unstructured, because it does have a structure, but it feels so loose that it just feels like things are happening, but there's no real, like, cohesion to it. 
Yeah, and I just I just want to circle back to what Cirque said earlier about it being rotoscoped. Like, uh, I think I think we should be careful not to stigmatize rotoscoping, especially the way it was done in like these old cartoons, like the Flesher Brother cartoons. Oh, no, no. All did rotoscoping. Yeah, hey, I got nothing and I think, against rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think that especially in these old cartoons, rotoscoping the way it was done was actually very innovative. They did a lot of squash and stretch, and they did a whole lot of a. Uh, well, they just used rotoscoping in a way that allowed them to maybe exaggerate dancing in a way that wasn't possible in real life, and I really yeah. appreciate that. And that's something yeah, this like, cartoon, I think, does pretty well, even if I'm not the, that interested the, in the, it. The, uh, and there's some with that with, like, the uh, Scarecrow. There's also some yeah. with, uh, with, like, some of the other things. Like, there's those birds that start dancing real fast, and I'm just like... Yep. And the, uh, with, the birds, even... the birds who are not introduced, and you never see again after the after the camera. Yeah, exactly. Like they just, <laughs> yeah, they just sort of oh, are yeah. there to be so weird. There were ducks we, there for like a minute, a yeah. second and a half. They are there. Remember last? Was it last episode or the one before that where there was the inexplicable skeleton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, this but was the I, I, this was I, the I, unexplained skeleton of this cartoon. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's a good way to turn. Yeah. That's a good term. So we, we haven't described skeleton. we haven't described what happens in this cartoon. So if you're confused, it's just, um, I mean, it's just like there are, there are some kids on a farm and a scarecrow comes to life and it's just kind of there and then the big bad wolf takes a lamb back to his house and the scarecrow and the kids go to rescue it and they beat him up. That's pretty, you know, like I don't, I don't want to describe it more than that, you know, because I don't feel like there's a lot of substance or a lot of play by play. Like sometimes we have with these cartoons. It's, uh, you know, like Like, it it just feels hackneyed to me. Yeah. Like, like there's not enough like interesting things going on. So like, there's also like, I mean, it is kind of weird how like the lamb has a, a really good wolf mask that, you know, just sort of, he sort of has. That black lamb just sort of disappears in the cartoon too, you know? Oh, wait, that's right. The one other thing that I wanted to comment on is that uh, the lambs look like dogs for a lot of it with like hooves. And very then there's a part. skinny dogs, yeah. Yeah, very skinny dogs. But then when there's a close up on the black lamb doing like rotoscope dancing, it just turns into a weird cat. And it's just like, it's They're so off A weird cat sheep. with like tentacle limbs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's so off putting. Oh, God. Anyways, I mean, it's not it's not the worst thing. I'm glad that we no. got that instead of a three stages short, which we almost did. And um, I feel like I feel like being critics of these things is useless in a way because you know they're not. It's not like we're helping our audience by telling them whether or not a cartoon is good. But like this this one, I, mean, I was kind like, of bored I mean, by. Kind of is I, to be I, honest. I mean, I, I mean, some people. Some people might want to go back and look at the cartoons, you know, yeah, watch them. That's what that's what the uh, that's what the YouTube links are for. Yeah, if you listen to this, if you listen to this podcast, just to kind of try and separate the wheat from the chaff of these old cartoons, don't watch this one. Probably, it's not great. Yeah, do watch the middle one. Maybe watch the first one. Yeah, for yeah. Jeff, watch the middle one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moonbird was fantastic. So yeah, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, head on to the uh, prompt for this week. Uh, I've got it, a I've got a prediction about this prompt, and that is that uh, a lot of people are not going to like the prompt itself. No, I <laughs> mean, like, it seems sense. like yeah. No, I, like 
I did get and very that's, few that's responses. Not, that's not a that's not a criticism of you, by the way. I'm just no, I know. Just saying, I, I knew it was kind of a tough one to really yeah. do. It just uh, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's basically. <sighs> apologize. Um, You're fine. But basically, that's it's uh, it's basically just like a. It's hard to do this specific because there's like no real clear-cut definitive answer i wanted to kind of like cartoonify it and that i was like kind of making it kind of like a war but even then only like maybe a couple of people bit <laughs> so like whatever um but basically uh, the premise was uh uh traditional animation cg animation stop motion animation which one do you prefer and why uh and uh the first response I got that was like actually a response to the uh, question was uh, from Sapphire Jack, who is a friend of the show at this point. Uh, uh, and he said, uh, CG animation will advance to the point where all the differences between it and traditional slash stop motion will vanish. And that's why I choose it. But I rather, ca- but I rather care less about the quality of the tools and more about the art involved. Some of the best cartoons are a mix of both. And, yeah, that's the practical answer. Yeah, see, and, and that's and yeah. that's that's what I think all of us feel about this prompt. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. is is I that know. is that yeah? Like they these are these are not products; they're tools. Um, this is and a, I, if I think you have makes, to pick one. Yeah, I think he makes an interesting point though about about kind of a about kind of reaching the horizon with CGI animation to the point where like some of these other ones are kind of I don't want to call them obsolete because they're not but like they're the lego movie for example the yeah, lego movie is almost indistinguishable from a stop motion film yeah, yeah. It, um yeah i was gonna bring that up yeah um mm-hmm. i mean like I, I just i don't know i just felt like that people would be more willing to like be up to bat for like, yeah like aggressive like about it and i just <laughs> i think it's just that i think it's just that you know yeah no i know um Another the other response we got was from uh, Fine Ursine, uh, who said, uh, "Traditional animation. As long as kids have flipbooks in which uh, to doodle rock rolling down to crush teachers, it will survive." <laughs> which that's you know not wrong. that is a good point. I think that's a fantastic point. Thank you, Blackjack. Uh, also a friend of the show. At yeah. this point, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, from here, uh, I mean. I know, Cirque, you have an answer to this, correct? Yeah, I do. I have one. All right, go ahead. Which one of us? Uh, Cirque. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I was just, when Cirque was the one I was talking to. No, no, no. I thought, I thought you were, I thought you were asking for clarification because I thought you assumed that through osmosis I had given my answer, which is that I don't have one. Well, no, no, no. All right. No, you're no, good. We're I get it. Debate this you together. go ahead, Cirque. Okay, so I actually took a really long while thinking about this to the point where I was like in the shower and I told myself, okay, you are not getting out of the stall until you come up with an answer. So what I came up with is it's sort of like method elimination. I love all of these styles. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I can't think of as many movies as I like involving stop motion as the other two, so that's 
that's how, even though I will defend Coraline and, uh, Paranorman and Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, to my last breath. And then you get into animation and 3D movies. And it's like, I could not decide because, like, I even start thinking ahead to, like, oh, there's, uh, like, thinking, like, outside of the realm of, like, movies and stuff, and you bring in, like, cartoons, and they're doing some really cool stuff with 2D animation and that. And then I start, like, I, what won it for me was the fact that I, br- I kept on brining it out, and then I started realizing you see 3D animation a lot more than you see 2D animation these days, and not just in the form of, like, anime movies. You see these characters in, like, uh, Kong, Skull Island. The Hulk from the uh, Marvel movies, um, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. That Rocket. counts as that counts as computer animation, and those characters are like Rocket, Rocket, <laughs> Rocket and Groot as well. And those characters yes. are like fully formed and completely amazing and awe inspiring. And that sort of gives if if I have to really pick, that gives the CG the edge for me. Because right. they're doing some amazing stuff with that these days. Alright. Decent answer. Uh, Casey? Um, so, if we're not talking about these things necessarily as tools and more as mediums for cartoons, so that is excluding what Cirque said. That's fine. Um, for example, like if I was if I just had to choose cartoons, I would uh, I would definitely say traditional like 2D animation is my favorite to watch. Uh it, and it's only for personal reasons. It's because it was my first love. Uh when I was growing up, I would I used to like pause the TV and try and draw the images on it and like uh it, it really gave me an appreciation for cartoons that I wanted to, like I wanted to be an animator more than anything in my life when I was growing up and that eventually did not become the case anymore but like but still like just uh like i i just have such uh just such a, a deep personal connection with it and that's the only reason it's okay. not i don't have a i don't have like an objective defense for it mm-hmm. but that is uh that is my answer okay Fair enough. Uh, so i'm gonna go in a different direction with this and i feel like <clears throat> okay so Here's my stance, and I'm going to actually go in the tool direction with this because it's, like, the only way I can really justify asking this question because at this point, uh, all three genres uh, can do, all like, any type of film that I'd like really, really well. Like, there was a point where CG just could not do, like, certain types of character designs and kind of expressions and stuff like that. Um, but now we're at a point where it actually can do that. And it's actually really, really great. Uh, like Zootopia, like, honestly, I don't care that it's 3d. Like I know I saw a couple people, like, why wasn't it 2d? And it's like, dude, it looks I don't, so I don't good. Know. I don't know if like, that would have worked as a 2d movie. Actually, no, it would like, have worked for so many It would have needed a whole different art direction. Exactly. Like it has the In traditional sense, Casey. Well, I mean, it has a traditional, like, uh, it has the traditional, like, uh, art style for how Disney would do like a anthropomorphic animal, but the way that the world is designed, the way that it's supposed to be kind of like 
engrossing and like this is a real city kind of way and like you can do that with 2d animation but a lot of times it ends up looking more like oliver and company than like say oh god like something else like you know like it just it ends up kind of just presuming but here in like uh zootopia's case it just meshes in a way that makes so it you so like you mean like you're coming city. from it from a like idea of like breadth like they were able to give the say that much like depth and deep and like uh expanse because of yeah. the cg stuff well in, yeah. in th- that and also um the, the the sort of realism i guess about it you know where uh where yeah. it, it feels it feels like uh, the setting of zootopia echoes settings in the real world you know uh yeah. okay and yeah, that's uh true. And just like a like a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Like I feel like Zootopia as a script is designed for three D animation. But um, but strictly from a sense of a tool. Now, mm-hmm. it's true that uh, with all three types of animation that I have listed here, um, you know, traditional animation is probably the easiest one to get into in terms of like starting off. Uh, in the sense that, like, you could just draw a bunch, uh, and like also has a bit of more of a like, cur- like lower curve about getting in, uh, like just for if you're just doing it as like a hobby kind of thing. Um, stop motion is a little bit more, but then I'd say computers on the higher end of that. But then when we're talking about a professional kind of thing, um, it is so much easier nowadays. I would argue in a lot of ways, like maybe not. Uh, more so than like say like uh, doing a two D flash or something like that animation, but I would argue that like a CG animator has such a uh, like has a, such an easier time to actually get a foot forward in like in terms of like cost and self teaching. Well, yeah, and that's why that's why I think we see so many of them and so few two D animated cartoons is because uh, it's it a is labor-intensive a, art. Yeah, it's it is it's, it is efficient to make three D cartoons and to make them well. So and and even there, even there, you can argue that Flash is starting to bring two D back. Yeah, but I mean, my argument is this: uh, in terms of making it easy for everyday people to get out there and making animation that can get to a large audience. Uh, CG is very arguably like one of the most like utilitarian of that kind of those like nowadays, like there are so many programs that you get like friggin' steam filmmaker is a free program uh, that like, and like has you, if you just own like maybe like a copy of like team fortress two, you can make really freaking great animation with that. Like, some of my favorite comedy animations uh, of the last decade were made in Steam Filmmaker and, like, little short ones. They're really? Super... It was it was one of the last great things that they've done, like, in a long while. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, I won't say that that makes CG the best of it. And I would argue that, yeah, you can definitely make the argument that, yeah, that's true of, like, say, that it's also easy for 2D. But I would also say that just, like on an entry level kind of thing, even like stuff like machinima that, that kind of is like kind of a CG animated kind of thing. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it, 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 that's kind of blurring a line there, but even still, I think that like, uh, 
it, I don't know. I, I guess my thing is like entry level is kind of my thing. And CG is for the children, just like Wu Tang Clan. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's it's probably like the easiest one nowadays. It's, it for is people. the most efficient. It is the most efficient. Yes, mm-hmm. and that that's where I'm going to stand on that in terms of that. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like can... I feel like we haven't come to any conclusions about what's best, and instead just kind of came to conclusions about. Well, I mean, uh, I, what, I the, guess, what the pros and cons are. It's yeah. Which, I mean, I, if I, I can, if I can just go back to my original argument, like just like even talking about oh, using it in other movies. God, Roger Rabbit, man, like yeah. that still holds up. Yeah, but, to this like, day. But that's so cost ineffective too. It's so hard yeah. to do that. Like, um, movies have definitely tried doing that Roger Rabbit thing, but it, it wasn't. It didn't make a trillion dollars like Roger Rabbit did. So, like, it didn't exactly like it. Kind of the the whole concept kind of died out, you know. Um, but I mean, like, I guess for me, it's just like, I, I there's this really good argument that I really like about how. Uh, like, like an art form really is like. Actually, no, never mind. I, I, I couldn't really word it correctly. I just, I just like the idea of having people who would normally have like no access to like a tell a certain type of story to have the ability to tell that kind of story for very cheap and very easily. You know? I mean, that's the dream, man. And that's you know that's uh that's kind of what I was going for with this. No, it's loyal. It's a, right. it's important because that's right. how you get more like voices into industries and stuff. Exactly. So, um, I think that comes to the end of our podcast this week. Uh, so, uh, well, real fast. Uh, next week's prompt. Uh, it's it's actually going to be themed after Thanksgiving, even though this episode's going to be closer towards Thanksgiving's release date, and the day that it's going to be recording is probably going to be on Thanksgiving, and so it's not going to be up till the week after, but I don't care, because I think this is a good prompt, so screw you. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and this prompt is, what cartoon are you most thankful for? And by, that, I, and by that, I don't mean... What's your favorite cartoon or what's the best cartoon ever or anything like that? What I mean is, what is a cartoon that you're thankful exists? Damn, that's a good one, buddy. So that's a very uh, that's a very wholesome one. I like it. (laughs) So uh, I'm very happy. See, I told you it was a good prompt. Uh, um, Now, I want to make we're going to do a quick announcement here Uh, due to the fact that it's Thanksgiving next week or a couple of weeks from now, uh, or later this week, if you're listening to this, uh, Cirque is not going to be available for a normal recording of our session. So, I'm going to be in the mountains. There's no cell phone access there. Yeah, so uh, we're not going to really have... Uh, hit, like So instead of like uh, not doing a podcast that week, uh, I want to actually... We wanted to we thought about this, and we've actually thrown this idea around a few times, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have, instead of Cirque on, on this time, it's going to be Alex. Alex, our, our editor. Who our editor. I'm really excited to hear how that goes. Yep. I uh, am too. If, we're, we're, we're planning to have Alex to be on the show like more for like a later special this December, uh, as well as a couple of other guests pending, you know, we get them. Um, but uh, 
yeah, like uh, it's uh, we're we're gonna have Alex aboard for an episode uh, instead of Cirque, and we're gonna get his perspective on things. And and it should be a real treat. I I'm. It's nice that we have options. Like if one of us is going to be traveling <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. If so one of us gets hit by an anvil. Oh no. Or a piano. <laughs> oh no. I mean. Hmm. That I, is I would, one. That is one thing about cartoon violence is that the repercussions do last weeks. Exactly. I was gonna say. <laughs> there, I was gonna say. I was gonna, then I was gonna say. Well, what if we get like partially dipped? But then that's just horrifying. And I was just like, oh. you know what? Never mind. No, it's no. okay. I only have a lower torso. My lungs are up here. <laughs> yeah, but, but but your junker is down there. <laughs> that is that is the most important body part for this podcast. It's the junk. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, I'm a cartoon. I don't even have that. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, you don't have it, but fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Anyways, <laughs> so little do you know that I was drawn by Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, no, that's a lie. That's a terrible, terrible lie. If anyone tries to say that, that I will, I will fucking kill you. Okay. Remember that time when HT was drawn by Seth MacFarlane? Well, time hey, to Walrus, Remember the time, guy. Was that remember your, the was, time? Is that an impression? Remember the time, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I guess okay. it's time for me to redraw the pod cover. Uh, <laughs> well, that's another thing I gotta do later tonight. <gasps> yeah. Well, okay. uh, so uh, yeah, if uh, if you want to watch the cartoons we watched as often as I can find them, I will put links to the cartoons on the show notes. Uh, if you uh, want to follow us on Twitter, like as in, as in like the uh, our this podcast, our Twitter is uh, Toontown Public. Uh, our email address is, uh, toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. Uh, if you go actually, if you go to, uh, Toontown Public, uh, the, uh, the Twitter page, uh, the, the first tweet is, uh, got all the important links, like to our, like RSS, to our website, all that kind of stuff. Um, the 280, like, uh, character count actually did something useful. For once. Um, so... Oh, also, if you uh, if you like the show, uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes and on Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you want to. Have uh, any of us checked to see if we've already had an iTunes review recently? I checked today and I didn't see one, and I'm really it's it's kind of giving me hives at this point. Oh no! <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, so yeah, give us a rating on iTunes, uh, and if you also really like our thing, uh, the uh, well, the easiest way to like share it with a friend, uh, if you have like a Twitter account, is to retweet the next episode every single time it comes up. Uh, but then there's also just telling your friend, "Hey, you need to listen to a podcast." Well, I got a podcast for you, and, and also you you're the drunk face. in this scenario, and, and then you punch him in the face, and then you because just slip one of our business cart. You slip one of the <laughs> you slip one of our business cards in their pocket, and then they wake up, and then they see the thing, and they think it was your their idea to watch this podcast. Um, uh, Toontown Public Works endorses punching out your friends and getting blackout drunk. Well, of course. <laughs> there are very little consequences with that, especially since we were cartoons. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
so, um, so don't try it at home, kids. Uh, and if you're a kid, please don't listen to us. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think that's it. I think that's all the important things to talk about. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm HT the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works, and these cartoons have been archived. Hey, Alex, I just want you to put this in here real fast so we can kind of get get this in here. Uh, Casey, this is before the podcast has started, and Casey is just loudly eating his beans into his mic, and we're waiting for him to finish his beans before we can actually do our podcast. It's my God-given right to eat beans. Oh, shit. I, I lost my headphones. They fell out after I said the bean thing. All right. <laughs> Put this in the podcast. I dare you, Alex. All right.